0: Uvaha, Uvaha, which is, of course, Belarusian for Achtung, Achtung. And not that dissimilar to Ufafu from Vik Bob, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, 75 years. And oh, I love Vik Bob. 75 years ago, this very week, Marshal Georgi Zhukov's first Belarusian front joined forces with Kobev's first Ukrainian front in berlin ending any chance of the germans escaping the city two giant soviet armies burrowing their way through berlin and if you look at the if you look killing at the of, of people that, in the
1: process
0: killing killing an awful lot of people in the process but if you look at if you look at maps of berlin you can see the two the two sort of burrowing giant armies yep. and meeting in the middle in the terms of the wreckage and the architecture fantastic now that and is welcome. one place to,
1: that is one place to really go and see the um uh, oh, on the oder yeah. and all around there and zossen and stuff oh, yeah. it's Absolutely oh, yeah. amazing. The German trenches yeah, the on the Zelo Heights are absolutely something to be seen. Yeah, amazing. but didn't stuff.
0: work. Didn't work. Totally no. overwhelmed.
1: No, but they did manage to kill an awful lot of Russians.
0: Well, yeah, well, no, that's it. of course. Yet again, it's one of those. It's one of those battles the Russians win at giant cost. I what mean, is it? it's the, like eight hundred
1: thousand that... killed or something. Yeah.
0: Well, the offensive is three point five million people in total in that offensive oh, on the Russian side, and they do lose something. You know, shy of a million deaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is—it
1: is something like six hundred seventy-five thousand or eight hundred
0: thousand. So, 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 when, so when people say, "Hey, why didn't the Allies go for Berlin?" the Western Allies think, oh, well, "Maybe, maybe <laughs> you don't bother. Maybe we won't bother." Anyway, um, I'm sure we're going to talk about um, that later because I've been reading a book that throws some very interesting light on that very notion. But we won't talk about it now. Welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk, the podcast brought to you from the smashed ruins of a once great city. Millions trapped in their bunker-like living rooms, Netflix flickering in the corner, scavenging over just eat deliveries and leftover Domino pizzas. I went on out my bicycle to get fish and chips on Saturday night, and it was like being, it was like um, you know, uh, flying under the radar and. had all this sort of glamour to it oh, I've got me fish and chips in my basket in the bike and I better get home quickly anyway fortunately night, comedians night and historians <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, lights off. Lights We're, off, yeah. yeah do not want to draw any attention to myself in case Plod was patrolling. Um, fortunately, comedians and historians are reserved occupations. So James Holland and I are both doing what we can to keep the nation functioning. Thanks to those of you who joined us for the live stream on the pod um, uh, on Thursday night. Uh, same again this Thursday. Please ensure your beers chilled and the wine decanted. The independent company is now almost the same size as John Frost's forces at Arnhem Bridge. But I fancy we'd have held on for the full nine days, wouldn't we? I mean, you know. 100%. 700 or so um, uh, armchair experts. I mean, who could what have possibly could go winkled, wrong? winkled? What could possibly go wrong? They'd never winkle us out. Right. We'd bore them into submission. That's what the Germans leave. <laughs> they
1: will not stop talking! Only if you get that leopard off my bridge. <laughs> And a reminder that all members of the independent company are eligible for our prize draw, which is a super-duper copy of the collector's edition of my Battle of Britain book. And the, my, the, the content of my Battle of Britain book is, is the least of it, trust me. The really exciting thing about this is that it comes with 12 autographs of airmen who were involved in the Battle of Britain. So six RF, six Luftwaffe, and... The RF ones are pretty good. You've got Pete Brothers, you've got Tom Neal, you've got Jeff Wellham, amongst others. But the Ruffluffer, I've gotta say, is is pretty um is pretty class because you've got um three all of them are Knights Cross winners. Three are Knights yeah. Cross winners with oak leaves and swords. Yeah. Um, two have got uh Knights Cross with oak leaves. One of them is Gunter yeah. Rahl, who is the third highest scoring fighter ace of all time, with 275 victories his name. Just to put that in perspective, the highest scoring allied ace of the Second World War was Johnny Johnson with 38 and a half.
0: Yeah. But James, you know as well as I do that um, the RAF was a collective effort and it wasn't about having aces. It was about uh, no. and no, donning no, no, no. out medals. So, no. you know. No so.
1: I in team. Exactly. No. And all that. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> and also, you know, Eastern Front respect no you look for either of, one of the guys uh, gunter Ziger who is a uh he's a knight's cross with oak leaves I believe he um he got something like I don't know 60 odd victories or whatever and they were all scored on the Western front yeah Hans joachim yeah. Marseille you know 172 I think he was he's generally considered to be the greatest of all time all all against the RAF yeah and he didn't he yeah, didn't well, he didn't go for bombers because he didn't think it was very sporting so he'd only go for fighters <laughs>
0: Uh, anyway, their autographs Nazis, are in the book. Nazis, eh? Yeah, Nazis, <laughs> eh? Um, and yeah, the, the, I have to say, though, this um, book, said, uh, James says the book isn't, uh, what's in the, the contents of the book it is a It's a terrific read um you can oh, you can enter this competition and while you're waiting to hear if you've won you can listen to the audiobook <laughs> if you're not sick at the sound of my voice you can listen to the audiobook yeah, which is out on the 30th
1: <laughs> the same day as the draw
0: out on the 30th and the draw is april the 30th you have to be a member of the independent company on patreon uh, to be in the draw a couple of debates that have raged this week greatest british general of the second world war stir people up slim won by a clear margin but there were honorable mentions for horrocks uh, alexander dowding orkinleck browning o'connor brooke Hobart, Gifford, and Platt. One or two for Monty, but the old man would have been disappointed by the turnout of his supporters. Of course I mean, I you a know. Bit,
1: I'm a bit surprised at Gifford and Platt. Yeah,
0: but Monty's just there without saying. Su- really? I think the thing about Monty, he goes without saying. That's that's what <laughs> it boils down to.
1: <laughs> what about He's Frank
0: Ah, uh, Frank Mesavi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about yeah, yeah, Punch yeah, yeah.
1: Cowan? He's amazing. Punch
0: Cowan. Did Mesavi go into the Pakistani army after the war? Is that, am I right in thinking that? That he was involved oh. in helping set the Pakistanis up? army no, up. No. i'm pretty sure i That's don't know because he was top indian top. army essentially wasn't he yeah. um i think he may have done anyway maybe maybe um uh well we can find out about that he didn't write a, a memoir though did he so we no. don't, we've, not, we've not got his insouciant view of no there are um, his
1: papers i think are at king's college
0: right because anyway. his escape from the japanese uh, b- uh, before the admin box battle proper
1: it's probably good
0: like a, it? it's, it's just amazing Fighting in
1: his pajamas Yeah. Everyone's saying, "Well, I, you know, the Japs are about to overrun us." So I think I might, um, I might wear my boots in bed tonight. Well, stuff that. I'm going to put on my pajamas as normal, uh, and gets into his PJs, and he and he and he kills lots of them the following day. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Anyway, we also on Sunday we asked for your favourite line from a war film and got battered with brilliance. Matt Chorley suggested, "We'd like to, but we can't accept your surrender. We haven't the room to take you prisoner. Sorry." (sighs) Yeah, that's quite. You know,
0: that's based. That is based on a thing that really did happen. That's in Frost's book, where a guy a guy is captured and then sent back with a flag of surrender, and it's not quite. It's not exactly what happened, but right. basically in the film, that that's a that's a pretty good pricey of, of the to and fro that occurred. But that, yes. so it's just that's one one bit of bridge too far. We have to go. Yeah, they pretty much got that right. Um, Dave Marsh offered alarm, reminding <laughs> us entirely unnecessarily that this is from Das Boot. Well, obviously, <laughs> Alarm!
1: and uh mark holland absolutely no relation to me uh, not that i'm aware anyway suggested we're paratroopers lieutenant we're supposed to be surrounded oh we're a paratroopers lieutenant we're supposed to be surrounded band of brothers of course
0: yes we watched that one the other night yeah yeah it, it's great and um that whole th- you know they're in the cinema and they're stuffed in their lorries and sent out to um bastone it's terrific it's terrific yeah. Really, really well done that, and completely capturing the moment of of of, the, of those retreating, you know, line infantry basically, and then set the paratroopers going in, going, all right, give me your ammo, right, here we go, we're up for a scrap. It's um, shocking stuff. Uh, Gavin Howard, who is who is my who is an old friend of mine. Well, I'm assuming it's Gavin Howard, who's an old, 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 old I've known him since I was twelve. If that's him, um, the one that makes us laugh is Gordon Jackson, The Great Escape. Um, good luck, Tommy. Thanks very much. Of course, yes, that. Um, Uh, absolutely fantastic moment where he blows his own cover, having warned everyone else. Because, I mean, the thing about The Great Escape is there's some... It's such a movie. The Forger's blind. The bloke who's confident in his languages speaks English at the wrong moment. It's like they've all been given, like, um, like (laughs) kryptonite... Uh, moments that have to occur in the film, and it's um, it really. I mean, I, I well, well, maybe we'll talk to your friend Guy Walters about the Great Escape at some point. Yeah, maybe yeah, we should yeah. do that. But
1: just go back to Band of Brothers um, and that whole Bastogne scene. Yeah, I I yeah, love the yeah. second episode of that where where Ronald Spears with the dash dash across the thing, and yeah. and and I got to see quite a lot yeah. of correspondence between Dick Winters and Ronald Spears because Dick Winters was really trying to get him to join the Band of Brothers in the the, the TV, yeah. and he just wasn't playing ball at all. Right, uh, and really? his letters, and he just it says, "I've been thinking a lot about those years." He just kept saying, "How do we do it? How did we do it? What we did? It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting." So he comes yeah. across as much more humane, um, much more, because um, you know, in the, in the TV series and and in the book for that matter, because he's this sort of man of mystery. He comes across as just being the Iceman, doesn't he? You know, like... Yeah, yeah. Just, he knows no fear. And it's absolutely clear from yeah. looking at the correspondence between him and Dick Winters in the 1990s that that was not the case at all. Very, very yeah, interesting. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, Stephen yeah. Tosh says, can't believe no-one has said, broadsword calling Danny Boy. But I can't believe <laughs> no-one's come from one, of, one, of, one from the Battle of Britain. My one is, is um, when um, Robert Shaw tears someone off a strip yeah, and one of the, the aircraftmen go, goes... Skipper hates Jerry's. That's my favourite line. <laughs> it's like shooting rats in a barrel. You'll be in a barrel if you don't watch the fighters. There's Bring up
0: the Piat is mine, of course. Bring up the oh, pier. Yeah, um right. Um, right, we're going to start once again with some of your correspondence. It's frequently entertaining and informative. Please keep writing in. Email for old people via wehavewayspodcast at gmail.com. Although I appreciate some of you are at home and having to use the email and maybe it's not that you're ancient. Twitter is at wehavewayspod. And on Patreon, there's a post just for your family stories. And these are fantastic. Are. And we cannot thank you enough because it's the mosaic of the Second World War and you're... Each putting your little piece in, and we, it makes the picture bigger and broader. Or it's like, or it's like one of those um, pointillist paintings where the tiny dots make up the bigger picture, and you're providing those dots. And it is absolutely brilliant what you're doing, sending us your family stories. And I will get round to posting mine, although my father's father's story is um, full of mystery, um, as the Wikipedia page says. It's hard to really know. So it says something like it's hard to really know what he was doing because he was sort of maybe SOE, but we don't know. And my dad, when, when his father died, did as he was told and burned his papers. His no! Father's request.
1: You,
0: yeah, you yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. You always know you should never honour that promise. Uh he did he honored his he honored the ah. promise. It's a comp- what a mu- what a Muppet my father is. If you're listening, Dad, I'm, I understand why he did it. I'm not i I'm not criticizing. Right, James and I have been debating, like it actually matters, how far a JU fifty two and where Eagles Dare could actually have flown. <laughs> the key question is could it have made it to the Austrian Alps from southern Italy or the UK in late forty three? No. We suggested <laughs> No, because but No, <laughs> and someone said, "Oh, you know, uh, Northern Italy. Yeah, they're not in. The Allies aren't in they're Northern not in Italy." Northern However, working
1: through the Gothic Line at this point. Uh,
0: but 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 the General Carnaby does say he's going to Crete to discuss the Second Front. So you know. There's some, there's some, exactly, (laughs) exactly. So, so there's some kind of like, uh, well, well, it's not grit in the oyster, is it? That's
1: exactly how the Germans should have sussed that the whole thing was a ruse and that General Carnaby wasn't who he said he was. Because of (laughs) course he's not going to get a a little
0: (laughs) treat. Anyway, um, but we suggested that there wasn't the range. This wasn't good enough for David Alexander from Toaster, who sent in this extraordinary missive. We've had to edit this down, by the way. <laughs> um, hi, Alan James. Now that I've finished work for the day, God, who's so been thinking about this all day, I've had time to do a more detailed analysis of the how far can a Ju fifty-two fly on one tank of gas question. By winter forty-three, the nearest Allied airfields to southern Germany, stroke Austria, are probably going to be near Naples, liberated by the end of September forty-three. The closest in England is probably RAF Hawkins near Dover. Ju fifty-two spec range. Um, 10,480 kilograms of... uh, that. No, it's weight. 10,480 kilograms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuel, 1,750 kilograms. Oil, 180 kilograms. Payload, 1,600 kilograms. At best range, 1,100 kilometers on internal tanks is an operational radius of 550 kilometers. From England, that gets you from Hawking to Frankfurt and back. Just... From the Naples area you can reach Bologna. What if you add drop or ferry tanks? Drop tanks were the first means of extending range with internal ferry tanks developed later. What if the capture JU-52 was modified with additional plumbing for either of these to extend its range? In the book, it's a seven-man team that parachute in to conduct the rescue. Seven men with their equipment and shoots, say, 150 kg each, 950 kilograms, payload of JU-52, 1600. Kilograms. So 1600 to 950 minus 950 equals 650 kilograms left. Allow for weighted tanks and additional plumbing pumps. Call that 100 kilograms, 550 kilograms of fuel max all up weight equals a 34.4% increase in fuel capacity. That still only gets you from Hawking to near Stuttgart or from Naples to the italian austrian border with enough fuel to get back. And in the movie footage, it's obvious there aren't any drop or ferry tanks fitted to that Ju 52 I doubt that the aircraft type was ever fitted with them. (laughs) Regards, David. And that, that is why this is the best listenership (laughs) on the planet right there.
1: Well, I think we're, uh, I mean, so no, it couldn't happen. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, and also, and also the other thing is JU52 has a secret compartment for hiding blondes in, doesn't it? Because,
1: yeah,
0: because Where she his, his girlfriend, Mary well, she exactly, know. she's, oh, she was in, up in the back on the bog or something. Although, I mean, you know, a JU52, you probably did it out the door, didn't you? I mean, if you did it at all. I don't know. I mean, I mean and the other thing is, is the the. I mean, the other thing is, is they're in that village. They're in that, they get, they're right. Let's say they arrive at three in the morning. Are they there a whole day or is it like the rest of the night? Because they because they land at night and then they go to a bar and it's like the evening.
1: <laughs> but they have, they... they have that first night in they have that first night in the Alpine Hut, don't they?
0: Oh, do they spend the night there or do they just regroup there?
1: I don't know. I my my understanding always was that they spent the night there. Because Richard Burton goes out right, and, they, well, okay. and then has that has that very unconvincing snog with okay. Mary Ehr. yeah
0: Yeah. Waggly headed snog, yeah. I mean I think I mean I think that has to be. We have to accept that that's happened, and that they they then go out the next evening to the bar because otherwise they've landed at like because,
1: or maybe they're just Germans I'm, and they just drink beer all the time. No, but well,
0: it it's definitely evening, it isn't could, it? it. It's, it's evening. They're out in the evening, aren't they? So have they have they because it's a Ju fifty two disguised as a regular but it's Ju fifty two? Also, if it's 52, winter,
1: it's winter, right? So the days are short. yeah
0: so long. So it could like, be, it could be right, kind of so four
1: in the afternoon. The, they could get there. They wake up. By the time let's it's say they land it at the six. Yeah,
0: they, they land at six in cover of darkness, certain darkness. Yep. They they spend two hours regrouping. They wander down to the bar at eight, and they're out of the Schloss by midnight. Let's say that the action required is at midnight. So that Ju 50, it's a second Ju 52 that comes to pick them up. It has to be. It yep. can't be the original first one, because it's not like doing donuts around
1: the Alps. Listen. The bottom line is none of it works, and, and you just got to take it for what it is. Which is also,
0: a- I mean, when they set that MG forty-two up and they start firing um, rounds down that um, granite con- corridor, there's going to what, what, be th- what's that going to do? Well, it's going to fill the, the the corridor with ricocheting seven-point-nine-two bullets, 6 little bullets. razor
1: shards of of granite,
0: of, of granite, and 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 shred everybody. Why would from, you do from that? Cl- well, I don't know. You you've, because Grimantor, you've got though. it. You, a, don't need,
1: you don't set up well, an MG42. Yeah, no, I,
0: mean, the most... I think what you do is you rented the MG42 and you're fucking well going to use it. I mean, that's supposed to be Gebirgsjäger. <laughs> I mean,
1: they should know better. <laughs> oh, there's a, let's face it, there's a few plot holes, aren't there? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, now, Adam, who's one of our independent members, sent us this. Years ago, I was talking to an old Italian gent. He told me as a 10 year old kid he worked sweeping the floor of an aircraft factory. He believes they made the Breda BA-88. What surprised him was most of the aircraft that came off the production line were parked and then wheeled around the back and dismantled. The parts were then reused to make a new aircraft. Everybody understood, don't talk about it, keep your head down, say nothing. I didn't believe it at the time, especially given he was vague on which aircraft was being made. However, a number of years later, I was in Italy buying a Piaggio... Um, p11 engine for a collector and he told me the same story he said that nobody was brave enough to tell Lee the aircraft was shit and nobody wanted it so they just continued mat- manufacturing before tearing them down f- for parts and starting again
1: <laughs> now th- now this this isn't quite right but it's not entirely wrong either it's really interesting right. so the Bra- the braider ba88 is a, is a is a famous infamous plane it is it yeah. is known as the worst operational aircraft ever built, and certainly ever built in, in the Second World War. And actually, when it yeah. first so when it was first it was first designed in nineteen thirty-six and it first flew in nineteen thirty-seven. Yeah. And yeah. I'll tell you what, it looked like the mutts nuts. It it is a really good-looking aircraft. I'm and, just gonna, it, I'm just it gonna all, Google it. And and it broke all sorts of records. So it had speed yeah. It flew at something like three hundred and twenty-five miles an hour. Uh, and everyone was thinking, wow, this thing is absolutely amazing. The problem was, the moment they started militarizing it and putting on, you know, cannons and all the rest of it, it has this incredibly high wing loading. So when you see it, you can see it's got very, very short wings for a twin engine aircraft. Yeah. Sexy, suddenly, though, not it? It turned into a total dud. But this right. time, by this time, it's already been back. So they built kind of, I don't know, 80, 100 of them and sent them over to North Africa. They then add yeah. sand filters onto it. <laughs> suddenly yeah. it's, it's, oh it's just it's beyond suddenly Turkey. It's, i mean and so so it can they can right. barely fly so 150 miles an hour yeah. they and, and most of them can't even so get off the ground so it right. it's probably so it's, so it, it's, so it's gone from being
0: like a like a racehorse to a to a shetland pony right so what then happens
1: is they're in a production cycle so they accept yeah. that this much vaunted publicized really sexy looking twin engine fighter bomber He's yeah. actually not going to cut it, yeah. but they're in a cycle, so they continue to make them. The moment they finish it, they then strip out all the stuff that they need, and then send them off to airfields as, <laughs> as basically <laughs> decoys. So he's not really? quite right. It's nothing to it. Mussolini knows all about it. Everyone knows about it. It's not. It's not the right. kind of don't, don't mention it. But the reason, the reason why that is, is they've got this order. They've got to finish the order because of yeah politics and because actually yeah, yeah, yeah. fascism is as reasons. absolute as it is nazism is and and and, yeah. and mussolini's got to keep the industrialists of the north on his side and all this kind of yeah, stuff yeah. and there's yeah, yeah. there's a whole load of other stuff going on which you wouldn't have if you were in if you were hitler um and, and, and yeah. so that's why and it's not very many it's a handful that get, that continues to get made it's like 20 or 30 or something but i've got to say i mean i, I I kind of really like uh, Italian aircraft, and and a Mackie 202 was was awesome. And and one of my favourite aircraft ever built is the Reggiana RE2005, which is an amazing-looking aircraft. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's got this um, amazing-looking engine cowling, and it's got elliptical wings like like a Spitfire, and it's got a cockpit that's really far back and it, and it's bristling with weaponry it's got something like three cannons it's got it's got a um yeah. um it's got cannons in the wings it's got a cannon that goes through the propeller hub plus machine guns and the first prototype they they brought out was just bright red and it, and it right. is really a gorgeous looking aircraft and powered by a Oh it's yeah look like at it. that. Yeah. Properly <laughs> nice. Yep. But of course it, it, so it looks half into, meshes,
0: it looks half 109 half spitfire in this image I'm looking at. Yeah,
1: exactly. So what's not You know what, you what I mean,
0: cuz it's got like an elliptical wing. Yeah. It's got that sort of thuggish 109 nose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's a cute that's a that's a cute it a big lo- a big it, tail.
1: It looks like a sort of a right. lean looks mean deadly. feline deadly fighting machine, which is exactly what it was. Yeah. The problem was is it it it, it became operational just as Italy was sort of coming out of the war. So they didn't make, right. make very many of them. The ones they did were kind of, you know, half inch by the Luftwaffe, inevitably. Um, and, and so it never really, yeah, really yeah. came to fruition. But it's, I mean, you know, they did make some fantastic aircraft. I mean, really, properly good. Well, aircraft. yeah, but I mean, after all, Not, it's it, it,
0: well. it, it, snazzy Italian engineering in aviation was a big thing in the interwar years. It was, it was. I mean, the, the, the Schneider Trophy for Schneider Trophy, for instance. That's that's. There's Italians competing in that. Um, And and then you get the links between fascism and aviation, which is all about how they're both modern manifestations of the exciting new civilization that the post-war Europe has to offer, blah, blah, blah. And um, so the Italians are going to be they're going to be making I mean, I've just I have gone on Wikipedia to find this. Um, Group Captain Duncan Smith, the the RE 2005 Sagittario was a potent aircraft. Having had a dogfight with one of them, I'm convinced we would have been hard pressed to cope in our Spitfires operationally if the Italians or the Germans had had a few squadrons equipped with these aircraft at the beginning of the Sicily campaign or in operations from Malta. Fast and with excellent maneuverability, the RE 2005 was an altogether superb aircraft. Neither the Mackie 205 nor the BF 109G measured up to the capabilities of this aircraft series yeah. in manoeuvrability or rate of climb. I think it was easily the best aircraft Italy produced. It's a pity that none survive this day because they were fine examples
1: of Italian engineering craftsmanship. There the you go. So they did They did give these some um, aircraft quite, quite kind of sexy names as well. So the, the, the Breda was, was known as the Lynx, or the Lyncher, yeah. as, as um, it was known yeah. in, in Italian. But and the problem is, is if you give something a really good name, it's sort of got to live up to the billing, hasn't it? And if it doesn't, yeah, you've got yeah, even yeah, more
0: egg, and egg on your face.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the, yeah. well, the Sagittarius, okay. I absolutely love it. It's one of my favourite. Yeah, that's great. Isn't times. It? Yeah.
0: Okay, right. Well, we need to take a break because you know what? We've gone wildly off topic and we've uh, used up too much time. <laughs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Oh well. Imagine it's September 1944. Jim Gavin is nervously clambering up the Grossbig Heights. He's sure he's forgotten something, but what can it be? The sky begins to darken, and he opens a bottle of beer. A fine, local Dutch beer. Ah, that tastes good. God damn it, he shouts, his brain suddenly alive. We've forgotten to take the bridge. Men, 30 car will be here any moment. Let's go take that bridge. As soon as I finish this lovely beer. Now, Beer 52 didn't exist in 1944, but if it did, well, old Jim Gavin might have remembered his primary job just that little bit quicker. Beer 52 source the best craft ales from around the world and deliver them to your door. Each month they send you eight beers, and if you sign up now, you get the first case of eight craft beers for a fiver. That's right, a fiver. Just go to beer52.com talk to get your first eight beers for five pounds. There's no obligation. You can cancel any time. That's beer52.com slash talk. Hey, Jim, get a shift on, will you? We haven't got all day. Oh, welcome back. Um, right, now, we frequently get accused of spending too much time on the Army and Airborne. Well, yeah, yeah but it's interesting. It's cool. Um, so here's a fascinating post from Ben Ross. My great uncle was in the Merchant Navy on the MV Port Gisborne. They were heading home from New Zealand with a cargo of wool, amongst other things. They had passed through the Panama Canal and joined Convoy HX-77 and were 113 miles west of Rockall on the 11th of October 1940, when at 2209 they were hit by a torpedo from U-48. 26 of the 64 crew were killed, one of which was 3rd Engineer, Officer George Frederick Booth, my great uncle. The crew abandoned ship in three lifeboats, one capsized in gale force conditions and the other occupants drowned. The other two boats were adrifting in the Atlantic for over 11 days. One was picked up on the 22nd of October by HMS Salvonia and the other on the 24th by another merchantman. The captain, Thomas Kipling, took charge of one boat and won an OBE for his efforts, while able seaman Sidney Herbert took charge of the second boat and won a George medal. We have a few letters from George, including his last one sent from the Panama Canal, which arrived after the news of his death, which apparently my nan, his sister, never got over. As an aside... James mentioned the U-48 a few pods back. It had a very good run sinking Allied ships. In 1940, it controversially sank the liner city of Benares, which had on board children being evacuated to Canada. Of the 400, there were only 178 survivors, and it's thought 77 evacuees died. After the war, the captain Heinrich Bleichrott, was t- tried for war crimes, but was acquitted on the basis that neither he nor his crew could have known who was on board. Well, you've just
1: been reading about that in the book. Gosh, part, thank, re- you you the for the that, thank you, thank you very, I've,
0: very much for that, Ben. Um, yeah, I mean, but we, also
1: the U forty eight is one of the. B- yes, that's that that's in on. the that's
0: in, in your book. Yeah, and we did. of engineer
1: guys, wasn't he? Uh, what was he called? Rolf Hilser, I think
0: he was called. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing, we did talk about the merchant marine the, the other day as the sort of merchant marine, American, the most dangerous. Non-combat um, occupation. I mean, but that, but that's no. that's you know, that's not very non-combat, is it? <laughs> if, if we're honest, if if you are a direct target for um, uh, for U-boats, I mean, I suppose it's kind of analogous to yeah. um, area I've, I've... bombing in a way, isn't it? Is that it's the it's yes. the blockade yes. they're, they're part of the same Denying thing, aren't your, they? They're part of indoctr- the same capability. idea, which is why, of course, when um, uh, when aeroplanes, when people twigged the idea of aeroplanes having a military use, the Royal Navy were in first. Um, uh, before the long before the yeah. army and the Fleet Air Arm is the, Army's the Arms, oldest of the, the, because the, the Navy yeah. thought, well, it's an extension of naval power? We're going to need this. It's a way of sinking ships and extending the blockade." Um, yeah, amazingly. Is, yeah. I, mean, I mean,
1: amazingly, before the end of the First World War, they had they flew off um, uh, one of the uh, was it the Glorious, the first aircraft carrier, um, yeah. and um, the, the the yeah the Fleet Air Arm flew off from from the North Sea and went and hit that airship, that Zeppelin yeah. base yeah. in yeah. Yeah. what is now Denmark, but was then. Schleswig holster. Schleswig <laughs> Yes, but um, but yeah, I mean, the the, the thing is, it's it was interesting because you know one of the, one of the mistakes that the U-boats made was they went for the merchant ships rather than from the escorts. Yeah. Whereas actually, the numbers of escorts were obviously considerably fewer than yeah. the merchant navy. And if you get rid of all of those, which are not easy then, to replace, then you can. That's, then you can have your happy time that's, again.
0: But that's like engaging the fighters rather than the bombers, isn't it?
1: Uh, totally but but uh, but in reverse if you're on a destroyer you've got something you can fight back with you've you've got depth charges and you've got cannons and you've yeah. got you've got yeah. you know 5 inch guns and all the rest of it um so you, yeah. you, you you're not unprotected whereas if you're on a merchant ship you know you at best you've got a sort of you know a single cannon strapped to the kind of poop deck or something i, I mean you know yeah. you're basically yeah. completely unprotected apart from uh, and at the mercy of those escorts which Certainly, in 1940,
0: yeah. are not enough. This, this, this period, uh, o- October of 1940, that that is the the, the happy time, isn't it? It's the it? end is that, of the happy they time. It? Yeah. They were really it's right at the end of the just, happy time. Just the end of the happy time when they, because as the as the U-boat men called it, because they they really they really were having a they really were having a, a good run, weren't they, of sinking uh, merchant yes, ships? Yes, and, and that's uh, because the Royal Canadian re-
1: re- because the Royal Canadian Navy hasn't sort of. Isn't big enough at that stage to kind of make much of a contribution to the back yeah. of the Atlantic, and most of the yeah. most of our um, fleet yeah. is in are on anti-invasion watch in Southeast England, which you know Admiral yeah. Forbes, who's the commander of the of the, uh, the home fleet, argues that that is a waste of time because well we...
0: yes, and there's there's a lot of argument about, it, isn't it? Because because the western approaches need to be guarded is the is the yep. is the thinking, and he's saying well no if the if, if the balloon goes up we'll just drop the western approaches and we'll come in and defend. You know, we'll be there, and we'll be there in a day on hard steam, yes, won't we? Uh, uh, exactly. and, and and the fleet from Scapa Flow will be there in in a in a day on hard steam. So we don't real or a day and a half. We don't really need. We, we're wasting time trying to guard everything. We're guarding nothing. That 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 kind of yeah. Idea. And his point
1: is that, um, is that there is no way the Germans would launch be able to launch from the other side of the Channel an invasion. Without us not knowing about Without it, before, being because we've got the eyes on eyes on them, yeah, which is absolutely correct. So within yeah, that twenty-four yeah. hour period, it's, you
0: could move that. P- d- but that debate's fascinating, isn't, isn't it? it? Because because, but, well, and the debate about what what actually the actually what the British government re- and the chiefs of staff really knew really was the extent of the invasion threat. Yes. And obviously, you need to... I mean, in a way, it's kind of... A, in a way, it's a little, a little bit analogous to, with today. How do you get people to take a thing seriously? A threat seriously? Yeah. How do you get them to, to, to behave and get in line? And if you say that there's an imminent threat of German invasion...
1: That focuses um, the mind quite, you, quite you
0: nicely. Focuses the mind. It galvanizes the effort. It means that people accept the sacrifices they're going to have to make. They do. They take the blackout seriously. Blah 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 blah. But all that. But actually, if you know, really, that the. I mean, because there, there's the, even when even when there's a window when the army are back and they haven't got any rifles, the Germans the Germans. There's absolutely no way the Germans have any capacity whatsoever. <laughs> To, to deliver to deliver an invasion right. even, the Fal- even the even the even the threat doesn't exist no. because they as you point as you point out that the, the the luftwaffe's hit to its transport capacity is completely um you know that the, the ju52 losses on on d day of falgelb on may the 10th um uh, uh, uh are high enough that there's no way they can they can patch together landing a division of paratroopers not it, a chance. and also not a chance and again, and again, when you look at what a, divi- I mean, I know Crete is the kind of exception that proves the rule here. When you look at what a parachute division of Falchi Vegas actually consists of in terms of um, its artillery and its heavy weapons, it's not got, it's not got none. No. So, and that's that's a year later when they've had a chance to when they've had a chance to sort themselves out. I mean, th- this is this is the really really interesting thing, and, and that the navy are having this debate. When it, it, it strikes me as perfectly common sense, well, well, we'll just get on, we'll get on with guarding the convoys. And if we have to change our priority, like 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 I said earlier, we'll be there in we'll be there quick enough. Yep. It's not a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Forbes was a very was a he's he's a, you know, he's completely forgotten about today. He was a brilliant, a brilliant yeah. admiral and and super competent. He was retired I think in forty one yep. or forty two or something, and that was that was that. Um but yeah, he de- he deserves to be remembered more than he is, to be honest. Because you
0: because you you've also I mean the other thing that um that, that, again and again you talk about this in the book that people can win if they're in the draw by April the thirtieth. Um, if you look at if you uh, join our Patreon, become a member <laughs> of the Independent Company to find out more. Um, that if you there's the really interesting thing about the Colliers that the. the, the um have to keep steaming yep. you know that they they have to keep bringing coal literally they have to keep shipping coal from newcastle london it's the only way to do it or down to the south uh, uh, in fact down to all the ports um on on the english south coast they have to do that because otherwise the country goes to a halt yep. to keep the not to keep, to keep essentially keep the lights on in effect yeah. or the lights of the war effort on and that uh, that you don't think about when you think you think of it as the battle of the Atlantic convoys, but there's this internal shipping. Yeah, internal, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, is is absolutely fascinating and that they can't stop that. They can't afford to stop the, the coal making its way no what they the do stop
1: is they stop going through the english channel don't they? that's the big thing which then adds yeah, to the whole yeah, time of it you've the got to go over the top of scotland and all the rest of it and but the, but that's yeah. what the you know canal um uh um the, the canal battle is canal, at, camp, the canal yeah. camp of, of yeah. july 1940 is all about yeah. and some amazing yeah, stories from yeah. that anyway
0: yeah 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 i mean uh right um now um steve flavin has a question um, did POWs receive back pay once they were liberated?
1: Yes, they absolutely did. Um, there was all sorts of problems, though, because you know, quite, particularly officers had had problems. There's, I've got a book on this um, called I'm, I'm, "I wrote it down because it was such a long time ago that I got it, and I only, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I only perused it, but it's by Barbara Hately Broad, and it's called "War and Welfare." Welfare, British prisoners of war, yeah. prisoner of war families, uh, 1949, 1945. And I think it's published by Manchester University Press or something like that. So it's quite hardcore. Yeah. But she's quite interested about all this. Um, and and um, they did get pay. Um, and there was other things. So, so you know, quite a lot. Of, you would get <coughs> the moment you were announced you were dead. Um, you wouldn't get pay. You'd get your pension. So quite a lot of people wouldn't wear their dog tags because while you were missing, you were not dead. So if they didn't know that you were dead, you right. would carry on getting your salary, and it'd be treated as a POW. Right, um, and so people did right. that a little bit. Um, <coughs> but there were all sorts of problems. Uh, uh, because, really, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but you did get pay. Fair enough. You did get pay, but but you know it was um, obviously not very much. <laughs> that was the whole point to not not no. pay people very much. Um, yeah, and, um, and and there was a general sort of feeling. I, the other thing is, I think that once you were a prisoner of war you were just right at the bottom of the priority list um uh, yeah. and so were so yeah, were, mean, so were POW inter- families that's the point
0: i mean it was interesting isn't it because if you were if you were a, an officer who ended up in the bag um in May of 1940 and let's say you know you're a ambitious captain or something yeah. and all the other people who escaped then end up being brigadiers and maybe even generals yeah. or major generals by the end of the war and you're in the you're in a POW yeah. camp and the war ends and you want to go back into the army your career's stuffed isn't yeah. it i mean there must have been loads of professional soldiers careers that were comp- basically ruined by being taken prisoner and, you know and and you know in May of 1940 through no fault of their own you know uh, uh and, and I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna, never, never ever gonna judge anyone for being taken prisoner. What you know, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. That, that was, that was not me going. Oh, they got they, you know, I'm, I'm not Donald Trump going. My least favorite kind of soldiers are the ones who get captured. You know, like, I mean, you, you know what I mean? Or men taken at Singapore. You know that, like, the, or, the, or, or any of these, or any of the great debacles, These careers snuffed out. And and you know, talk about back pay. There be, there must be. A load of people who, like at the end of the war, going, "He's a general. Bloody hell, did that happen? You know, I've been sat on my ass doing nothing." You know what I mean? And, 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 then, the, and then the army, and the army has to then deal with that afterwards, or not, not care, because after all, them's the breaks. That's the that's the sort of um, that's the risk you professional I mean, soldier.
1: You know, I always yeah. think of that poor guy who, who right at the last minute was brought in to be brigadier at uh, Castle you know and they had the great last yeah. stand and their job was basically to sacrifice themselves okay you're now in, and, yeah, and yeah. I, I think he became brigadier like 2 days before the siege of castle started Yeah, and it would be thrust upon yeah. him he'd just been a battalion com- a commander yeah. suddenly he's a brigadier and um yeah and it's a totally thankless job he gets put in the bag stays there for the rest of the war yeah but uh, was a, yeah. a courageous brilliant commander by all accounts you know well, a, a did good, you took the brilliant. job said you're all right
0: all right, I'll do it. Yeah, I'm up for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, Does he get any thanks?
0: No. Well, and the the, the Bucks Battalion, my grandfather's battalion, their their commanding officer, he was replaced during the up to the deal and back because basically he had a, he had a nervous breakdown. So he he um uh, you know you've got all that going on as well, like officers officers stepping out of the of the of. The, I mean, it's it's really really interesting because after all, you know, and I'm not going to judge anyone for having a nervous breakdown. Either in that situation, because the responsibilities and the the whole thing are, are kind of imponderable in a, in a, in, a, in civilian life. Reading about it, yeah, in my in my fancy office. Uh, anyway, Bring well, we <sighs> Nigel Somerset, well, That was what he was called. Those battalions, the Gloucesters, the Worcesters, yeah. the Bucks Battalion, all those all those county battalions, all mashed up and um, basically, you guys stay here, hold them up as long as you can. You're not getting out. One platoon, I think, for the Bucks Battalion, got out.
1: I did a young adults' novel based on that. Oh, really? really? Yeah. Call of yeah. something? What? Call of Duty? What? Are we pl- are we are we plugging another book? No, 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 no. I just, no, I just, I just remember. I researched it into a it in great. I'm really not. I promise you. Um, just, well, I've got so many. It's impossible not to. Fun. Right anyway
0: that's all that's that's all we've got time for you should have finished your uh, government allotted dog walk or sorted the garden by now join us live on Thursday or that was a really fantastic long crap you had with an interval join <laughs> us live on Thursday at 8:30 for our live stream uh, the best craps are the ones with an intermission we even started on time last week because the technology Um, delivered. And in fact, actually, um, the service provider um, uh, grovelled uh, humbly and said, we're so sorry, Um, everything went wrong, and uh, we'll try to make sure it never happens again. And it was brilliant fun last week watching you all chipping in alongside seeing the names are becoming familiar to us are becoming friends of the friends of the thing we do um uh, and thank you once again for joining us details on twitter or at patreon.com slash we have ways tweet us using the hashtag we have ways we also have a twitter handle to follow at we have ways pod email us at we have ways podcast um uh, at gmail.com if you're really really old i mean if you're old you've probably written that down with a pen with a fountain pen haven't you Here's my fountain pen. I always use a fountain pen. I, 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 have a, I always use a fountain pen. <laughs> it's a fountain pen or a Sharpie. See you soon. Yeah,
1: cheerio. <laughs>